Pat Moran from Healthier Money. It was great spending time today with Christine Wilkinson, who is the Senior Vice President and Secretary of the University of ASU. Amongst her other things, is that she's not busy enough. She's also president and CEO of the Alumni Association, which has over 480,000 members. Christine works closely with Michael Crow, who's the president of ASU, and ASU is the largest state university in the United States. It was interesting listening to the way that she had kind of achieved success in her life. And I think in this interview, she'll mention some good topics about really being focused on your goals and working towards those and being determined to really kind of cut your own, your own path per se in life. So you'll be amazed at all the different things that Christine wears, frankly, uh, excuse me, all the different hats that Christine wears, because frankly, I don't know how she does it all, but in all of this, it's a really great lesson for when I went into this interview, it was trying to empower other women, but I walked away from this experience feeling that not only did she have great tidbits for uh, women, but also for men in the sense of you can accomplish anything in life if you put your head to it and, and really focus on your goals. And this interview with Christine will really help shed light on that. So here you go. And as always, if you have any questions or want to reach out to us, please do so on our website at healthiermoney.com. And without further ado, here's my interview with Christine. First question I wanted to ask is, is you've, you've had tremendous amount of success. What, you know, what do you owe that success to? I was reading your biography and it was just one accomplishment after another. And, um, you know, the discipline and the different organizations, it was very diverse. Can we talk about that for a few minutes? Let's talk sure, about glad to. I, um, what do I owe that to? Uh, I am very, very fortunate, but I had two amazing parents. And as I've grown older, I realize that's not the norm. <laughs> uh, I had one uh, parent who is still my role model. I guess both of them are, but my mother was unbelievable and all of her values and giving back the community. She did that her whole, my whole life. Right. Why I now automatically think that's a very important thing is to give back to your community. And then as far as the university, my father was with the university many, many years before I did. And so I knew education was extremely important, although I never thought I would be at the university. I just knew I would be in education in some form. Uh, do you have kids? Uh, no children. Okay. okay. I, I, I think, though, um, I, I'd like you to touch a little bit more about, you said something that I feel is a real mouthful about how parents today and just uh, that the older generation has kind of a responsibility to to educate their kids or to, you know, teach the younger generation good habits and, and you know, dedication stuff. It's obviously something you probably feel strongly about. Very strongly. Um, my parents, uh, you know, family and education were just equally important. Uh, uh -huh. I can still remember, and it's funny, during this COVID a situation where people are saying they're staying home, they're being with family more than they've ever been right. on a regular basis, cooking, cleaning, whatever they're doing. And I thought, 
You know, it's fascinating because growing up, we did that as a family. We always, for the most part, we almost always had dinner together. Right. My dad was teaching a night class. We we would always eat quickly, and then he would go to night class, and then we'd wait for him to come home, and he would always bring us, like, Dunkin' Donut or something. Right. You know, there's right. always something, or if he had to travel and he was he would come back, it was never anything big. It was like a luggage tag. Right. It's a luggage tag, and we were thrilled. So it isn't about the cost of something. It's more the thought behind it. So wonderful values and then education. As a Do you um, – there is that kind of that argument when it comes about, especially with college and, and you know, uh, secondary education, things like that. Do you – do you think the value is more in the education or the value is more in the life lessons and the things that you learn on that journey along the way? Or is there a, a happy medium? It's, it's probably both. First of all, you really don't know as much as you think you know. It's kind of like saying a teenager versus 20-year-old, 20 20-year-old 20 versus a 30-year-old. Uh, you do need to know more about things in general. But I would agree with you. You learn as much in the maturing process. So as we think of uh, employers and surveys, they have said what they look for in a person is how to communicate and how to work in groups. So how are you going to do that other than through your courses, trying? And, you know, I think co-curricular activities are very important because you can learn Maybe as you lead a group and they walk away from you or you have right. an argument, you're not going to lose your job. Right. <laughs> right. You, can, you might lose a few friends for a few weeks, right. but that's, that's about it. So it's a good, good training ground for what you will be doing um, in the workplace. Now, Christine, what what are you and ASU thinking is going to happen to education and the way we teach and stuff in light of the whole COVID-19 crisis? What changes are we going to see? I think this is a sometimes uh, crisis provides opportunity. I think there's a Chinese symbol that is like that. Um, uh-huh. You know, where. You can be in the doldrums and only talk about responding to, or you can say, we're going to respond, and at the same time, we're going to plan forward. We're going to move forward. So when you do that, you think of, how should we be different? I mean, this technology is amazing these days, and things we've never even heard of yet that we should be doing. I mean, uh, you know, a year ago, no one would have thought in four days we could turn a... Um, 70,000 student enrollment to a virtual That's amazing. online teaching in something like four days. That's we did amazing. that, and while it's not perfect, we were able to save a semester for all those students. Some struggled, most did just fine, and others needed some help, and we could provide it. So what is that... So what does ASU look like in the fall then? Do you still see a robust enrollment? And is there going to be a lot of people living on campus? Or are you guys expecting a downturn? What What do you expect? Uh, well, we're, we've already announced that we plan to be open in the fall, which okay. is early for us, August 20th, uh, in person. 
Now, what that means can mean a variety of things and not traditional. Okay. So we could be doing some synchronous learning, some with technology, some completely online, a whole combination, and we might try that. We right. might even try, uh, which we already have, and most people don't know. We have three terms in one semester, even now, and we've done that for quite a few years. So you can do your regular semester. Okay. Or you could do B or C, which means half of a semester concentrated class, and another part of a semester in another class. So say you're really strong in mathematics. Why wait for 13 weeks when you could probably accelerate in six? Sure. Then you could take your next part in the next half of the semester and accelerate. Some classes don't work as well that way, but there are enough that can. So you can actually accelerate your degree. Huh. We already had that in place and it's been working really well. Do you, do you see major changes because of social distancing and things like that? Or will it be business oh, as yes. usual? Yes, of course. We have to think of all of those. Um, we have to think in the what if category of what do we do in our residence halls? What should we right. do with activities? What about athletic events? Um, even in the alumni association, we're in a planning mode that I've asked them and I just received them Thursday and I'm looking over all of them now. I said, plan the next year for three approaches. One is virtual, second is hybrid, and the third is a full on-scale experience. Isn't and so then they have to really think through what you would do across all of them that might be the same and what would you do differently depending on whether it was virtual, right. hybrid, and full bore. Um, and hybrid can mean something different depending on the event. Hybrid could mean you don't do anything as virtual but you could do something major hybrid, but the first part would be virtual and the second part would be right. before. Now you, um, you uh, are in, what, what, uh, give me your title, exact title again with ASU. Okay, so I'm the Senior Vice President, Secretary of the University. In that role, I'm out of the office of the president and I am the okay. senior officer in charge of the uh, governance relations, community advisory boards, um, being involved in the community overall, and commencement, convocation, things like that. My other title is President and CEO of the ASU Alumni Association. That's about 480,000 alums. I couldn't believe that you wore that hat, too. Yeah, and it's, so, and it's so different from the first one. And I love it. It's program development. It's encouraging staff. It's reaching out to all those alums. Then the third one, which is a very specific one, is the managing director of the trustees of ASU, which are which is a group of our benefactors who become an information force, is what I call them. Huh. I'm curious, what do you, one of the things that we've always been involved with in our company, another aspect of the company, is the whole thing on financial literacy and financial education. Do, what are you doing? Do you do anything in the way of 
with the Alumni Association and things like that, trying to create a curriculum or some platform to, to help people with that? Uh, actually, our Career and Professional Development Services out of our Education Opportunity uh, and Student Service area. So then we partner with them depending on the time of year where we could offer something for younger alums right. still trying to figure it out. Uh, or we partner with more the uh, with career services with uh, usually junior senior students are the ones that would want to know okay. freshman sophomore should but the junior right. most interested well one of the things that I you know that I see a lot in, and and again I, I've been blessed with dealing with a lot of retirees and I've been blessed and with you know Yavapai County Coconino County teaching young people and stuff and one of the things that I always run across is this whole thing on student debt how do I pay my student debt and and um, you know I, I know we've got a little bit of a respite right now with uh, the CARE Act and stuff that Trump had signed but um, you know are you seeing a lot of that do you do you run into a lot of you know concerns in that area with you know people struggling with the debt and what does that look like at ASU and, and when you turn these graduates out um, what are your thoughts in those areas we actually have uh, we commit uh, a good amount of money of institutional aid to help our students so that um, if you know I could get I could get you although it wouldn't be during this podcast no the idea that we believe it's our charter includes the fact that we believe in including not excluding and how students succeed huh. so with that in mind the tuition and fee is a sticker price. It's not the actual price for probably 80% of right. our students who are in some form of financial aid, work study, merit scholarships, need based, so that our current student body reflects the economic diversity of our state, which uh -huh. hardly any university can say. Uh, our number of Pell Grant recipients, which would be students who are at the sure. higher need factor, has sure. actually, I think it's like tripled or more over the last several years because we've kept the cost down. We're probably right. like out of 25, 30 peer institutions, we're at second lowest. Right. So I think all of that is good. I still believe, and I know students who, you know, they work couple jobs in order to get through school. They're working sure. around to go through school, uh, but they also apply for scholarships. And I think that gets to how you're helping other people with finances. I think, right. you know, as somebody, if I thought about somebody younger, I would say no matter what you do, you have to budget very, very carefully as a young adult and know question. that credit cards are only to be used if you could pay them off every month. You just pay right. the whole thing off or you shouldn't get them. And a piece of that is if you only had $10 to give, right. that you give $10 back to the I community agree. and some organization that you believe in. 
you were sharing with me uh, how ASU is, uh, I believe you said, is the largest university in the country. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I, again, I'm just amazed with all the different hats that you wear. What would you share with other young women, um, the, 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 you know, women in general that are trying to kind of take that next step or aspire? What are some of the lessons that you've learned that you think could be really valuable? to, you know, to the, to the women's community? Um, I think for both women and men, a lot of it holds true. I think there are many more women in the workplace and uh-huh. professionals and starting to be in more leadership roles, which I think is great. Um, there's still, I don't think, is as much of an even set of responsibilities once they get home. Right. So, you know, there used to be the term as I bring home the bacon and then I cook it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so we got to get a little bit more even on that part. But for women, I would say, um, like anybody else, if you're given the opportunity, go ahead and take it and um, know what the goals are of your organization. Know what your role is. And then don't overpromise. You you say what you're going to do and you do it. So you start on time, you end before time. You end right. before the deadline and to do quality work. I think the other thing is you should encourage other people who are working with you, other women. I've seen um, other women put down other women and they have no idea what's going on in their lives. Right. And if there aren't that many of you as it is, let's try to be more supportive. Um, as, as far as if you if you move up, I would say uh, I have been very, very fortunate in being able to hire tremendous talent. And that we should, while there are minimum qualifications for every job, we need to look for diversity and talent. We don't need to look for like, oh, they, they only have two and a half years instead of three. Right. They don't, you know. Quality. Yeah, the quality. It's not about how tall you are, how big you are. It's sure. just more. What, do you, what can you offer? And then volunteer to help others. But if you volunteer, follow through. Um, right. We don't need people who just talk all the time. So I'd like to kind of end this on um, a, a note. What are some of the things that you want to accomplish before you, I guess, kind of hand off the baton? You're, you're juggling so many balls. You probably have goals and objectives with each one of them. But what are the couple of things you'd love to hang your hat on before you ride off into the sunset, per se? I think as, I think as educators, we hope that – um, more people will understand the value of education overall. And it yeah. goes back to what you were saying earlier. It's not just the, what is in the classroom offered. It's what's in the classroom and how you apply it, how you're able to communicate and how you learn to lead. And if I were able to help two more students or four more staff to get that embedded in them and why it's so important. And I, I would hope that our, leg- our legislators, our business people, all kind of all get together and realize that education is a very big key for our economy. 
as well right. as our own lives. Well, I think that that's a terrific message. Uh, in fairness, my I think I shared with you, my daughter is going to be a senior, and, I, and you know, we think she's going to end up at ASU. So uh, right. being surrounded with top quality people like yourself, I know she'd be in the right place. So um, Let me know. Always glad to help a future Sun Devil. Oh, I appreciate it. More importantly, you uh, you keep doing what you're doing. Again, it's it's amazing what you've been able to accomplish, and uh, I'm sure the best is yet to come. So right. thank you for your time today, Christine, and more importantly, stay safe, okay? Thank you, and thank you for the opportunity. Hey, no problem. Thank you. Bye-bye now. It, again, with this market right now, I'm amazed at how many people tell me that they don't want to open their statements because they're not sure of what they would see when they open them. So that is not the way to go through with financial planning or to have success. If anything, we've proven it healthier money by having a sound portfolio that starts with strong fundamentals, especially the ability to not lose money when things like this happens, then you're not spending time playing catch up. And more importantly, you don't have to worry about opening those statements and seeing what surprises are in hand. I am sick and tired of people going through doing things the traditional way and then wondering why the buy and hold strategy or wondering why their broker says, it's okay, it's long-term money, just hold on, becomes acceptable because there's so many other ways to be able to invest that don't cause you to lose sleep at night, that don't cause you to fear opening your statement on a monthly basis and allow you to, tr to truly attain great financial success and know that everything that you're doing can ultimately end up providing you a sense of income, comfort, and making sure that in your golden years with retirement, or even in the way that you're saving right now, that we can set you up properly for your retirement, that there's ways to do that and not have to worry about the 10, 20, 30% roller coaster, which I've affectionately called buying the e-ticket at Disneyland and holding on for life. So at Healthier Money, we do a great job of showing clients to not only how to protect their money, grow it safely, be tax efficient, and make sure that we're protecting against the unexpected. So if you want any help, please reach out to us on the website. More importantly, live long and profit.